Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm gonna make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you wanna get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play The Godfather, now at ChampaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. VGW Group, no purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. See terms and conditions, 18 plus. The following is a presentation of the Matt Talk Podcast Network. Hey folks, Jason Bryant here again with another archived episode of Wrestling 411. This one comes from December 4th, 2008. It features Kyle Klingman and Andrew Hips of RevWrestling.com, which is now Intermat. I was in Las Vegas for this trip, so I was not present for this show. On this show was Iowa's Brent Metcalf, Iowa State's Kyler Sanderson, as they were talking about the Cyhawk duel between number one Iowa, number two Iowa State. So here it is, the... Episode 7, there was no Episode 6 because of the audio that we recorded with then-Oklahoma coach Jack Spates. Never got recorded, and that's something we learned early on. And, of course, uh, we learned a lot about radio and uh, phone lines and audio quality during these early shows. So here is Episode 6 of Wrestling 411 from December 4th, 2008 with Brent Metcalf and Kyler Sanderson. Coming to you live, this is the Wrestling 411. Keeping the wrestling community locked down with the latest news and coverage tighter than any pity combination. This is the 411 Wrestling 411. This is the 411 Wrestling 411. Light speed coverage like electrical bolts. We up 24-7 like a heartbeat's pulse. And this is the 411 if you want the results. If it happens on the map, then we got to report. And this is wrestling, man, the realest sport that's around. And if you didn't know about it, this is how it's going down. International coverage to them NCAAs. Everything on demand, and you can have it your way. With the latest recruits, breaking spoken interviews. Who, what, when, and where with the latest on the news. Want a technique tip or something really entertaining? Here's a double light blast that'll keep you motivated. Training like a madman, getting it done on how to break him and take him until you make it number one. Coming fresh up off the press, you were about to get some. And on to the wrestling 411. This is the 411 Wrestling 411. This is the 411 Wrestling 411. Welcome to Wrestling 411 Radio. I'm Kyle Klingman, and I am joined alongside by Andrew Hips, Jason Bryant, the normal co-host, is out in Las Vegas right now, and there's a tournament going on out there, isn't there, Andrew? Yeah, I heard there's a tournament, uh, something called the Cliff Keen Las Vegas Invitational. Cliff, Cliff Keen Las Vegas Invitational, it's a big tournament, and we were talking a little bit off air, there are nine of the ten teams ranked in the top ten competing in either the Iowa-Iowa State duel, which of course is one versus two, you have Oklahoma State, Oklahoma, the Bedlam duel, Oklahoma State and Oklahoma aren't the powerhouses they used to be, but uh, it's going to be a great meet nonetheless. And then the rest of the teams are competing at the Cliff Keen Las Vegas Invitational, and this is going to be a special tournament. It always is, and I think the inclusion of Minnesota going out there this year adds a lot to the tournament. Yeah, Minnesota's a young team. It'll be interesting to see how they do. I mean, the field is loaded this year. 
you know, we've seen a lot of these teams in the dual meet early part of the season, but now we get to see what kind of tournament teams these uh, teams are. We've got Ohio State and Cornell, two potential spoilers this year. We get to see what kind of tournament teams they are. Uh, Mike Pasillo is out for Ohio State, you know, so we don't get to see their true team. But, it, you know, it should be a great event. In fact, last year there were two NCAA champions from Ohio State, Jay Jaggers and Mike Pasillo, who didn't even win the Cliff Keen Las Vegas Invitational. So, you know, it shows you what kind of talent is at that tournament. And, of course, last year we had the situation where these matches didn't count at the NCAA tournament because of some certification issues. That won't happen again this year. No, no, I don't see that happening. That's, that's not going to happen. They're going to make sure that all gets taken care of. But certainly a great weekend for wrestling. If you like wrestling and you like the sport, this is the weekend to be watching and following because it doesn't really get any bigger than this for a weekend. It's the biggest weekend so far. You could say the Southern Scuffle in the Midlands down the road, but uh, as far as this part of the season early on, Andrew, this is going to be a great time to watch wrestling. Yeah, with apologies to the Big Ten or the uh, conference tournaments and the national tournament, I think this is probably the biggest weekend in college wrestling. Yeah, and uh, you know, let's break down a little bit the Las Vegas tournament because. As you talked about, a guy like Mike Basillo is out. That certainly hurts Ohio State's chances of winning this tournament. If you had to pick right now, Andrew, who you think is going to come out and win the Cliff Keen Invitational, who are you seeing winning it? I see Cornell winning it this year. You know, I think they still have some question marks in their lineup. You know, we don't know, you know, how healthy Troy Nickerson is if he's still battling the weight issues, trying to get down to 25. Mike Gray had a rough tournament at the Body Bar. You know. Can he compete at that weight class at 41? Is he big enough? But, you know, I still think Cornell's the favorite with Pasillo out. Well, let's talk about Mike Gray a little bit because here's a guy who's been wrestling 41 the early part of the season and has not looked good at that weight. He was seated number one, like you said, at the Body Bar Invitational. Actually went 0-2 and, and got pinned. Is going down to 33 going to be that big of a factor for him to get him in the hunt again? You know, I don't. Mike Gray's a guy, he struggled a bit at the beginning of last season, so, you know, I don't put a whole lot of stock in his early season losses. You know, he's, he's, he's been successful at every level of wrestling. So, you know, regardless of what weight he's at, I see him having a successful season and competing for a national title. And of course, Troy Nickerson at 125. Here's a guy who sat out last year with a shoulder injury. He's coming back this year. Looks pretty good at 133. I think going down to 125 is going to enhance his opportunities to win more. He's uh, already won his fair share at 133, but I think going down that weight is really going to help Troy Nickerson. Yeah, if he's at down at 25 this weekend, he could have a potential showdown with defending NCAA champion Angel Escobedo, so that'll be really interesting to see if he gets down there. But, yeah, Nickerson's a stud, and uh, he actually won Vegas uh, as a true freshman a few years ago, so uh, it'll be fun to see how he does this weekend. Well, Oklahoma State, Oklahoma, let's talk about this dual meet before we get to the big one, Iowa, Iowa State. Oklahoma State, Oklahoma, Bedlam duel. This traditionally has been the ultimate duel in all of college wrestling. Back when it was only Oklahoma and Oklahoma State winning NCAA titles, this dual meet meant a lot. Right now, it's number 9 versus number 20 if you go on the Intermat poll. How do you see this playing out right now from a fan's perspective, just going to this meet, just kind of the, the overall impact it has? But not only that, but uh, how do you see it playing out? Yeah, this meet has certainly lost its luster, you know, partly because both teams are a little down this year and partly because there are two major events going on in college wrestling besides that. Um, you know, it doesn't have the the horses that it's had in the past. There's no Sam Hayeswinkle, there's no Matt Storniolo, there's no Tion Ware, there's no Johnny Hendricks, there's no Jake Rocholt. You know, there's Jared Rocholt's probably the, you know, the biggest star in the event, but it's a lot of guys in that 10 to 15, 10 to 20 range, you know, potential All-American, so it doesn't have the 
you know, the firepower that it's had in the past. I see Oklahoma State winning the duel. I think it's going to be a competitive duel. You know, they split last year. I think uh, Oklahoma State comes out on top in this one. I'm Kyle Klingman, and I am in studio with Andrew Hips of RevWrestling.com. Great website. Check it out, RevWrestling.com. Of course, Jason Bryant is covering the Las Vegas Invitational, so he is out there doing the best job possible. He is wrestling's number one guru, so we hope Jason is listening. But, Andrew, the Oklahoma State-Oklahoma meet, and we look at the lineup here, especially with Oklahoma State. They're number nine right now. This may be, for John Smith, outside of the year that they weren't able to go in 1993 due to sanctions. This may be the lowest that Oklahoma State places at the NCAA tournament. When I'm looking at the lineup, I'm not seeing a lot of firepower here. You see Jared Rolschult, and then you see Obey Blanc, who's a past All-American. Not sure that this is Oklahoma State's year. Maybe they're not even the top ten by when, it, when it's all said and done. Yeah, John Smith was disgusted with the team's performance last weekend. He seemed, you know, he didn't, he, he didn't like what he saw against Lehigh. Um, it's going to be a down year for Oklahoma State. There's no question. They're not, they're not a top-five team this year. They're potentially not even a top-ten team. We'll see. They're a 5-10 to 10 right now, depending on how guys like Jamal Parks develop. Um, you, know, I, uh, you know, they have a great recruiting class coming in. They signed the number one recruiting class in the country this year. So, you know, they might be down this year, but I see them contending in the next few years. But this is certainly a down year for the Cowboys. It certainly is, and Oklahoma has had a couple down years. They placed 39th last year, and we had Jack Spates on Tuesday. He feels they have the number two recruiting class coming in behind Oklahoma State. And when you look at the matchups, this looks pretty good for Oklahoma to possibly win the second Bedlam duel. They won the last one last year. I think Jack Spates has to be feeling really good about his chances, even though they're ranked 20th. They've also pretty good this early season, given the personnel they have right now. Yeah, I think that you know Jack Spates has got the program going in the right direction. I think with the Oklahoma State uh, duel, there are a lot of toss-up matches that could go either way. So it wouldn't surprise me if Oklahoma pulled this one out. Well, who are you picking in this one? I've got Oklahoma State winning Oklahoma this duel. Oklahoma State by how much? I'd say around eight or ten. Eight or ten. So how about you? Pr- pretty comfortable. I I see it a little. You know, I see it's going to be really close. I look at the matchups. I could uh, you know I I see Obey Blanc probably winning, but I could certainly see Joy Field winning there too. Tyler Shin's been a little inconsistent. Zach Bailey against Jamal Parks. That's going to be a good one. That's Yeah, real good match. Toss-up there. And, uh, you know, Brandon Mason, I think he's a guy that has to step up and come through. Brandon Mason, I think when you're a senior and you're moving down a weight like this and you're an All-American going against an unseated guy right now, you've got to be looking for bonus points if you're John Smith. So I think uh, Brandon Mason is really key to how Oklahoma State's going to do in this dual meet. Yeah, um, you know, I expected more out of Mason moving down to 65. He hasn't wrestled as well as I thought he would this year at 65. So, you know, it'll be interesting to see. You know, maybe he's cutting hard to get to 65. I don't know. But it'll be interesting to see how he does. Of course, the big dual meet is Iowa versus Iowa State. That is this Saturday, December 6th at 7 o'clock p.m. at Carver-Hawkeye Arena. And we have two great guests on the show tonight. We have Brent Metcalf. Defending NCAA champion at 149 pounds, he is also the Dan Hodge Trophy winner, and he won the Outstanding Wrestler Award at the NCAA Tournament. Kind of cleaned the table, Andrew, as far as all the awards last year. He's going to be on the program in the second segment. And then we're going to have Iowa State's Kyler Sanderson play seventh last year at 157. He's also the younger brother of Cody and Kale. Kale, of course, is the head coach at Iowa State. Cody is an assistant coach, so we're going to have him on the last segment. It's going to be fun to talk to them. But before we do that, I want to break down the dual meet a little bit with you, Andrew. It's been talked about. 
one versus two, this is the way it's supposed to be. Before we get into the dual meet, though, let's talk about the attendance. They're trying to break Minnesota's record of 15,646 people that they set against the University of Iowa on February 1st, 2002. Do you think they can do it? I think they will, actually. They've sold 13,500 uh, this morning, as of this morning. And, uh, you know, I think there are going to be a lot of walk-up sales. And I, I really think they're going to do it. I was at the Minnesota-Iowa uh, duel where they broke the record. And it's going to be electric in there. And I see them breaking the attendance record. How about you? Well, I tell you what, I think it's going to be close. But with a standing room only situation like this, I think some people might uh, be deterred by that. You never know what the weather's going to be either, especially those Iowa weather. I haven't checked the forecast, but weather can always play a factor. And if they just go on... Ticket sales, they might be able to break it. If they do actual attendance, it makes a big difference. But either way, I like that they're pushing toward that and trying to get that attendance record. So we'll see if they can get 16,000 standing room only in Carver-Hawkeye Arena. But if you start out, of course, every match is big in the Iowa-Iowa State dual meet, and you saw that a couple years ago. To be honest with you, the most surprising dual meet that I've probably seen as far as lopsided score was when two years ago in the first dual meet, when Iowa beat Iowa State 24 to six, uh, I'm still look at it and I look at the upset. Still can't believe it happened that. Plus, way. there were a lot of close matches that could have gone either way, exactly. and then you had you know Morning Star beating Trent Paulson, you know things like that that you didn't expect. Yeah, you didn't, and Dane Erickson beating Kurt Backus. I didn't expect that to happen. So, I don't think that's going to happen this year. I think it's going to be a lot tighter. I do think it's going to come down to heavyweight. If, and I'm going to assume that they're going to start at 125. And let's talk about that match. Big match starting out. Charlie Falk. You have to ex expect that he's going to beat Tyler Clark at Iowa State? Yeah, I like Falk at 25. You know, uh, Tyler Clark's improved a lot in the last year. He had a nice win over Anthony Robles this year. He beat him last year, too, but he still doesn't have that signature win in his career. He's beaten guys in the 10 to 20 range, but he hasn't beaten a top five guy. You know, Charlie Falk's senior year in Carver-Hawkeye Arena, this is a huge match for Falk. Coming off a, a tough match against that true freshman, Scotty Sentis from Central Michigan, you know, Falk came out a little sluggish in that match. Sent just kind of took it to him. Falk had the big move to win. Um, this is Falk's match, and I, I don't, I don't see time. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Tyler Clark beating him. Definitely Falk's match, but can Falk get bonus points? And I think that will play a big factor in how the dual meet plays out. Can Charlie Falk get that major decision possibly? Can he? Yeah, I don't think he will. Tyler Clark's a guy who can hang with a lot of tough guys. He's, he wrestled Donahoe tough last year. He wrestled Escobedo tough last year. He's right there with the top guy. It's a tough guy to major, so no, I don't see any bonus points at 25. Next two weights, of course, these are the weights that probably decide the dual meet. If you win this one, I think it probably goes in your favor at 133 or 141. 
if either team is able to pull off both of those, I think that really gives them the edge in this dual meet. 133, you have either Daniel Dennis or Joey Slayton. Of course, Slayton was the NCAA runner-up last year. Has had, had some problems cutting weight this year. Not sure who's going to be in the lineup at this point. Either way, whether it's Slayton or Dennis, I'm still going with Nick Fanthorpe of Iowa State. I'm also going with Fanthorpe here. And this is a tough call for brands because, you know, I've, I've seen both Dennis uh, and Slayton wrestle this year. And I, I think Dennis looks sharper right now than Slayton. Slayton's had some, I know he won the Kaufman brand open, but he's looked a little sluggish at times. And I know Dennis lost uh, to Steve Bell of Maryland. I think Dennis is the guy right now who's wrestling better. But Slayton has two straight wins over Fanthorpe. Plus, he has the big match experience that Dennis doesn't have. You know, he, he's been in Carver-Hawkeye Arena in front of the big crowds. He's been in the national finals. I think Brands goes with Slayton here, and I think Fanthorpe beats Slayton. 141, you have Alex Sertzis, who redshirted last year, is in his senior year going against Nick Gallick. If I had to predict, I think the score is going to be 3-2. to two. These guys keep it close. It's going to be a one-takedown match, and whoever gets that takedown, I think, is going to win the match. But who's going to win it? i got to go asserts his hometown crowd. Senior year, he wants to go out on top. I think it's motivation right now. I'm giving it to Sertzis. Yep, I, I've been going back and forth on this one. Right, I've got, I've got uh, Gallic winning this one. So I've got Iowa State winning 33 and 41. You know, Sertzis is a you know, big match wrestler. He's been in front of the big crowd. Interesting dynamic here. LeClaire has beaten uh, Gallic twice. He beat Gallic twice last year, and he's not the starter this year. So it's going to be a great match, in fact. Uh, Nate Gallick used to have battles with Alex Sertzis, so that's another True. interesting dynamic in this match. 149, we both know who's going to win this match, but by how much you have Brent Metcalf going against Mitch Mueller. Of course, Mitch Mueller is from Iowa City, so he's actually coming to his hometown, but that doesn't matter. Brent Metcalf is the man to beat. He's the best wrestler in the nation right now. Had an incredible performance against Darren Caldwell of North Carolina State at the All-Star Meet. I have no doubt in my mind he's going to win, but like 125 by how much? Can he get the major? Can he even get the pin? Metcalf's not going to be satisfied with anything but bonus points and maybe nothing but a technical fall. He's he's going to get bonus points, I think. They, they, he wrestled Mueller twice last year. The first time it was 14-4, to 4, I believe, and the second time it was 10-4. to 4. He didn't get bonus at the Midlands. He'll get bonus in this match, but, I mean, Mueller's a tough opponent too, but Metcalf's not going to be satisfied unless he gets bonus, and I think... I think he'll win by 8 to 10 points. I think he's going to be fired up. I think this is his time, and I think he wants to rise to the occasion. And if he wrestles like he did against Darren Caldwell, it could get ugly. Yeah, it, you know, it depends what, you know, what kind of style Mueller wrestles in the match. Is he going to go out there and try to beat Brent Metcalf like Darian Caldwell did, or is he going to go out there and try to keep it close? Of course, Brent Metcalf is going to be on the show, and so is Kyler Sanderson, who is at 157. He is going against Matt Balwig, who is... New into the lineup, it was Ryan Morningstar last year. Ryan Morningstar has bumped up to 165. This is another situation where I think Iowa State has to be looking to bonus points because you have experience against inexperience. Even though Balwig is in his hometown as far as the college situation in front of the hometown crowd, I still think he's going to be pretty nervous going in front of Carver Hawkeye Arena. He hasn't had a lot of experience in front of big crowds like this. I think it's going to be Kyler Sanderson. I think he could win by a major decision as well. Oh, definitely. I, you know, I see Kyler getting a major here. It's a, it's not easy to come into Carver Hawkeye and you know your first big match, and it's going to be tough. And I think I, I see Kyler getting major. One sixty-five. We mentioned that Ryan Morningstar has moved up to. The, his new weight class. He's going against another tough guy, John Reeder, who's a returning All-American. This is another one that I think is really, really tough to call because these guys are pretty even. 
but if I had to call it right on, right now, I'm going John Reeder of Iowa State. Yeah, I think Reeder's going to win this too, but Morningstar's Russell Wilson's moving up from 57. He looked good at the Northeast Duels. It's going to be a good match. I mean, Morningstar had a big win over Trent Paulson in that duel a couple years ago, so he's certainly capable of pulling upsets like this. And, you know, it could go either way. I think Reeder wins the match, though. 174, you have Jay Borschel, third place last year at the NCAA tournament, going against a round of 12 finisher from Northern Illinois. He transferred into Iowa State. That's Duke Burke. I like the way Jay Borschel wrestles because he's on you all the time. He doesn't give you any chance to breathe. He's tough on top. I think that that's going to play out with the hometown crowd. Don't see him getting a major decision, but I do see him winning handily. Yeah, I think Borschel will win this match as well. Actually, they met last year at the Midlands, and uh, Borschel kind of thumped them 10-1, to 1, which was kind of a surprising result. I don't see him getting bonus points here. Uh, you know, I think uh, Duke Burke will keep it close. Duke Burke's only wrestled a couple matches this year, so I don't know, you know what kind of shape he's in. But I think it'll be a low-scoring competitive match, somewhere in the 4-2, 4-3, something like that. We have 184. Phil Ketty placed sixth last year. He is currently ranked third in the nation. And this is kind of my pick that I'm kind of going out there, going on a limb a little bit. I'm predicting that Phil Ketty is going to get a pin at 184 against Jerome Ward. Not that Jerome Ward isn't a quality wrestler, but he's the only freshman in the dual meet. He's the only freshman in the lineup for Iowa State. He's the only freshman competing this weekend in the duel. I just think this is going to be pretty overwhelming for him. I think that he is hungry right now. I think that uh, Phil Ketty wants it. I think he's going to get a pin. That's an interesting pick. I think I think Ward's going to keep it close. I actually don't think uh, Ketty's even going to get bonus points here. I think Ward's going to keep the match, try to slow the pace down, and I think he, uh, I see Ketty winning by about four to six points, something like that, maybe even a little closer. You know, Jerome Ward's a tough guy to score on. 197, Jake Varner. He's a beast right now. He's wrestling really well at 197, finished second the last two years at 184. I think moving up has actually helped him a lot. I think he's going to be a lot stronger. I think he's a better competitor at that weight class. I know that uh, it's going to be right now, I believe, that uh, there's an injury involved with Chad Beatty, and so you're going to have Luke Lofthouse in the lineup. No doubt about it, I'm going to the pin with Jake Varner as well here. Yeah, I'm going with the pin here too. 285, Dave Zabriskie against Dan Erickson. The rankings don't uh, look even right now when you have Dave Zabriskie at 2 and Dan Erickson at uh, 16th, 13th, 14th, depending on the poll. But I think this is going to be a real close match. I think Zabriskie's going to win it, but I think it's going to be close. Yeah, the two actually wrestled last year and it went into overtime, so he was right there with them last year. I think it'll be another close match, but I see Zabriskie pulling it out. So your prediction for the dual meet? Iowa State 22, Iowa 13. Wow. Going out, uh, you're picking Iowa State there. My prediction is I've, I've picked Iowa State the last two years, and I've been wrong. I think Iowa State, based on the lineup, is going to win. And because of that, I'm going to the University of Iowa to win it. So it'll uh, no matter what, it's going to be a great dual meet. We're going to take our first break here. We're going to try to get Brent Metcalf on the line, talk to him for a few minutes. For Andrew Hips, I'm Kyle Klingman. You're listening to Wrestling 411 Radio. We are back with Wrestling 411 Radio. I'm Kyle Klingman, joined by co-host Andrew Hips of RevWrestling.com. If you haven't checked out the website, please do. It is RevWrestling.com, of course. And he is filling in for Jason Bryant, who is out at the Las Vegas Invitational Tournament. And we have two great guests on the show tonight. Of course, this weekend, December 6th, is the biggest dual meet in all of wrestling. It's number one Iowa against number two Iowa State. And we have defending NCAA champion, Dan Hodge Trophy winner and outstanding wrestler at last year's NCAA tournament, Brent Metcalf. Thank you for coming on the program, Brent. 
Do we still have Brent on the line here? We're going to try to fix that problem, but uh, in the meantime, Andrew, let's talk about Brent Metcalf a little bit and the intensity that he brings to the sport of wrestling because last year there was a little bit of controversy about Brent Metcalf winning the Dan Hodge Trophy because he did have a loss on his record. There was A lot of people think that uh, Keith Gavin of Pittsburgh should have won it because he went undefeated. So like did to- Mike Basilla. Mike Basilla was undefeated as well. Mike Basilla was, but you have to consider I think he had a loss there at uh, the Las Vegas that didn't count. So I know that the Dan Hodge Trophy voting, they uh, they count that as far as uh, wins and losses. So Basilla technically had a loss on his record, although it didn't count at the NCAA tournament and the seedings. But, uh, of course, Brent Metcalf, with the one loss, he got pinned by Darian Caldwell. And a lot of people thought that uh, he shouldn't have won the Dan Hodge Trophy because of that. But based on domination, what the judges and the people who voted on that, they saw enough domination. They saw that Keith Gavin didn't dominate like they should, he should have, and they gave him the trophy. Yeah, uh, Metcalf won the Rev Wrestler of the Year as well. You know, he was clearly the most dominant wrestler in the country. I, I know he lost once, but, you know, to me it was a no-brainer. Metcalf was the best last season. No doubt about it. Brent Metcalf... Two, he brings that intensity to the sport as well. And I think that's what uh, wrestling really needs. They need colorful personalities. And when we talk about people like that, Ben Askren brought it. Brent Metcalf brings it. Kale Sanderson did it purely through his style on the mat. And I think that uh, Brent Metcalf is really, really going to uh, raise that level. So um, we're going to have to take a quick break here. We're going to try to get Brent Metcalf back on the line, if you'll bear with us. We're going to take about a one-minute break, and we'll be back trying to get Brent Metcalf on the line. You're listening to Wrestling 411 Radio. We are back with Wrestling 411 Radio, and we have a great producer in here, John. We're going to try to get Brent Metcalf back on the line here because for some reason we're going to get the phone to work, but we want to have our great guest Defending NCAA champion and Dan Hodge Trophy winner Brett Metcalf. Brett, are you on the line? Yeah. Okay, can you hear me okay? Yeah, you're a little distant, but I can hear you. Hey, that's all right, man, because we're up in Minnesota and you're down in Iowa. We should hear, sound a little distant. All right, sounds good. Let, let me start off first. This is a big duel meet for you guys. Talk about your mindset going into this. Has practice been a little more intense going into the Iowa State meet? Um, I don't know if it's been more intense, just probably a little more, uh, you know, a little more heightened height awareness, um, really making sure that, that everything's clicking the way it needs to be, um, again, it, it is just another match, it is just another competition, but it's not, it's Iowa State, it's a rivalry, and, uh, you know, it's important to, uh, emphasize, you know, you know, really peaking or, or getting ready for this competition, so, um, there, there's definitely there's, there's definitely been been made clear that that uh, we we definitely need to be ready to go. Well, of course, Brent. Uh, expectations for you right now. You've gotten into that level where I think bonus points are expected. Is that what you're expecting out of yourself? Are you going uh, for major technical fall pin? What's your mindset right now? Well, I think every time I step on the mat, I'm looking for you know a major tech fall or pin or a combination of all three, I guess. Um, so, I mean, that, that's kind of an expectation I put on myself on, on, a, on a daily basis if you're talking to, you know, just, you know, every time I step on the mat. But uh, for sure, I think, you know, bonus points are important in this match. I think, uh, you know, myself getting bonus points will be important. And, um, you know, like I said, it, it's a pressure. It's, I don't know if it's a pressure. It's an expectation that I always put on myself. So is it any different than normal? No. 
Um, it's, it's, it's going out and wrestling and doing your job. How about some insight on 133? Maybe you can't uh, relate to us what uh, what the lineup's going to be there, but any indication who's going to wrestle there, Dan Dennis or Joe Slayton? I don't know where the coaches are going to go with that um, at this moment. I really don't. Um, I don't. I don't know. I don't know what. I don't know what the best way to go is either. I think they're both previous competitors. I think they're both, you know, high level guys. You know what? I think. I think Joe Slayton's probably getting pretty close to where he's ready to go. So, um, you know, it, 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 you know, in an ideal world, it, it doesn't matter who we put out on the mat, and hopefully, it'll be that way. So. Um, don't know his decision there yet, but like I said, I think uh, either one of the guys that step on the mat are going to get the job done. All right, well, I want to ask you a, a question here from Greg from Massachusetts. I'm going to ask you this question. I'm also going to ask Kyler Sanderson. Uh, number one, does the potential of a record-setting crowd add any incentive or pressure to you? Um, I With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. I don't know. I guess, I guess it's, I mean, I guess it's cool, you know, but... But when it comes down to the wrestler, when it comes down to the team, that stuff can't matter. Um, I mean, you got to be aware of it. you got to be aware that there's 16,000 people watching you uh, go put on a show. But I don't think I, you can't let it add pressure. You can't, can't let it affect maybe your mindset because you don't want to get too hyper, hyped, hyped up for, you know, certain events. You want to go out and compete at your best. And, um you know, it's it's definitely there, and the excitement will be there. I think uh, we just got to go out and perform and do our jobs like we do on a daily basis, and we'll have what we want. Hey, Brent, Andrew Hips with RevWrestling.com. Uh, last weekend, you had a couple matches where you didn't pick up bonus points. How frustrating is it to you when wrestlers go out and, and maybe don't try to win the match, but you just try to keep it close? And how do you combat that? Um, I mean, it's, it's very frustrating, obviously, but. It's something I've had to deal with my entire career, my entire life. You know, when you put yourself in a position where you're the best guy, which is which is what you want to do, um, you know, you know that's that's something that goes along with it. And um, you know, it's something I got to deal with. And um, you know, just got to keep your cool. Got to got to continue to go to your offense. Continue to go where you're good, and things will happen your way. So. Um, is it frustrating? Yes, but is it something that I have dealt with and will continue to deal with? Yes, and I realize that. And uh, you know, I just got to get better. Got to get better at being able to score score those points and continuing to be able to, to get those bonus points or those major decisions, tech falls and pins, even when a guy doesn't want to wrestle, because it doesn't matter. Either way, um, you got to put yourself at that such high level that, that it doesn't matter what your opponent's doing. You're having your way. Brent Metcalf. Defending NCAA champion at 149 pounds, Dan Hodge, trophy winner, and he'll be in the Iowa-Iowa State dual meet this week. And I want to ask you, you have a new assistant coach in the program, Terry Brands. Talk about what he's, impact he's had on you so far. Um, having Terry in the room is, I mean, obviously a huge addition. Um, it's an extension 
of Coach Brands, and it's an extension of our coaching staff. Um, it, it's a great situation because Coach Brands can go and do the things that he needs to do while Terry's able to sit, you know, be in the room and uh, work with us when maybe maybe we wouldn't have Tom there all the time, I guess. Not that our coaches don't do a good job because we have pretty darn good coaches, but it's just added. It's added help. It's added emphasis. Um, you know, he brings a, he brings a whole other level when it comes to his knowledge um, on the international scene, um, when it comes to his knowledge, you know, the past, you know, three or four, five years, however long he's been out um, at the Olympic Training Center. So, he, I mean, he's got a whole higher level of knowledge almost um, to what we're, we're exposed to. And, um, you know, it's, it's a great addition. Um, it, it, it's, it's, a great, it's a great asset when it comes to wrestling positions, wrestling smart in positions. And, and um, you know, it's, it's been great so far, and it's going to continue to get better. All right, final question for you, Brent. Your prediction, who wins, Iowa or Iowa State? Iowa Hawkeyes will win. All right, there you you heard it from Brent Metcalf. We'll uh, what, we'll ask Kyler Sanderson the same question. Thanks for coming on the program tonight. Really appreciate it. No problem. That's Brent Metcalf, NCAA champion, 149 pounds last year. Of course, he's ranked number one in the nation, Andrew, and he is going to be a key factor. And if the University of Iowa wins the dual meet this weekend, December sixth, what do you think? You like uh, what he's saying there? It uh, kind of sounds like Tom Brands, Terry Brands. Yeah, he's a, he's a little Brands clone, but uh, like I said, I don't think he's going to be uh, satisfied with anything but bonus points and maybe nothing but a technical fall. He won't be satisfied. So, you know, he's fired up, and it should be a great, great event. Well, let's break down bonus points. We talked about this when we broke it down, and anytime Iowa and Iowa State wrestle, there's always kind of that question mark. Something happens that you don't expect. We talked about it with Kurt Backus losing to Dan Erickson. Of course, Ryan Morningstar defeating Trent Paulson. Those things are going to happen. What one match would you say has that possibility that something strange could happen if you broke it down? I think there are a few few matches where we could see some potential upsets. I think the upset um, that I could see is 165, Morningstar coming out and beating returning All-American John Reeder. John Reeder, of course, seventh last year. And both these guys have really looked good in the early season right now. And Ryan Morning started bumping up to that weight. They've talked about him maybe going back down to 157. I think he's gotten comfortable in that weight class. I don't see any indication, and I don't really think think it helps their lineup at this point to have him move back down. Yeah, Colby Covington, their transfer, will be back, I believe, for the Midlands. So when Covington comes back, it'll be interesting to see. I'm sure Iowa's monitoring the situation. They're going to see how Morningstar is competing at 65. Um, I, I don't know if he even um, is certified at 57, is he? I'm not sure. I believe he was. At one point they talked about moving him down, but I think at this point in the season he's been so comfortable staying at 165 that there's really no way he's going to go down there. I think that they have the, the lineup set where they like it. But can Colby Covington, will he make a difference? That remains to be seen. I mean, he's was successful in junior college, wrestled the great Midlands last season, um, needs to get healthy, and it'll be interesting to see how he does. Let's go back to 125 a little bit because we talked about this early in the show and Tyler Clark is a guy that I think has a lot of potential here but when you talk about the atmosphere of the University of Iowa going into Carver Hawkeye Arena I don't know if he is necessarily ready for what he has to go on the mat similar to 184 with Jerome Ward. I think the pressure might get to him a little bit. We talked about bonus points possibly at 125. I think this is another match where it could go 
you know, possibly starting out, I think Charlie Falk could come out with a bang. Oh, for sure. I think, you know, Falk's going to come out uh, with a bang. Uh, as I mentioned, Clark is a guy who keeps it close with all the top guys, so I don't really see bonus points. Uh, I don't see Falk or picking up bonus points here. I think it's going to be a competitive match, but, um, you know, Falk's going to be fired up, and it'll be a great match. I want to ask you about this. Last year, they closed off the curtain. You went to Iowa State. They cut the arena in about two-thirds, sold 9,000 tickets, sold out. A lot of people wanted to get into the meet. I think University of Iowa saying we want to set this record is almost kind of saying, hey, we're going to let as many people in as possible. We're not closing the doors to anyone. Do you agree with that decision that they uh, closed off part of the Hilton Coliseum? Um, you know, I, I think it was a pretty good decision. You know, they wanted the tight atmosphere, you know, big crowd. You know, I, I thought it was a, a good decision. I know, you know, Kale got criticized for that decision, but, you know, I was fine with that decision to do that. So you'd rather see 9,000 people come in. I think in the in the rationale I've heard from Kale was that he wanted to make sure that the season ticket holders were taken care of and that they didn't get bumped out of their seats. So on that end, I think it was a good idea. He had rationale behind it, but more people did want to come in. So it does make for an interesting decision on who, uh, how many people you let in. If, if 11,000, 12,000 want to come to the dual meet and you turn 3,000 away, is that smart for wrestling? It remains to be seen. We'll see if they open it up. Uh, next year when they wrestle in Hilton Coliseum. We're going to take our last break of the show. We're going to come back and hopefully get Kyler Sanderson, Iowa State's 157-pounder, next on Wrestling 411 Radio. We are back with Wrestling 411 Radio. I'm Kyle Klingman, joined alongside with Andrew Hips of RevWrestling.com. If you haven't checked it out, check out RevWrestling.com. And we have a great show tonight, Andrew. This has been fun talking to Brent Metcalf. We've broken down the lineup. Iowa State this weekend, December 6th. It's going to be a great one, number one versus number two. And on the live line right now, we have Kyler Sanderson. He was an All-American last year, placed seventh at the NCAA tournament, 157 pounds. He's ranked seventh right now at that weight class as well this year. Kyler Sanderson, thanks for coming on the show. Yep, good to be here. Kyler, first of all, i got to say I was on the mat.com today, and I watched your brother, Kale, of course, he's the head coach at Iowa State. Watched him in the gold medal match, and they showed you guys in the stands quite a bit. You and your brother Cole with that face paint. How long did that take you get take you to get on uh, on your face with all that great face paint? <laughs> uh, not too long. We were kind of painting each other's faces, so uh, we got it done pretty quick. But it, it was pretty fun. How much fun was it to be over in Athens and watch that gold medal performance? Uh, it was amazing, really. You know, to be there with all those those different countries and all those wrestlers from all over the world, you know, just seeing that thing that we all have in common, it was it was fun, and, you know, it was amazing to watch Kale go and, and win, and uh, it was a great day for our family. Pretty nervous going into that? Were you pretty nervous going into that, Kyler? I'm not sure if we... Yeah, you still there? Okay, I was just wondering, were you pretty nervous going into that? Family, were they uh, pretty nervous uh, heading into the Olympic Games? Um, yeah, we were all uh, real nervous. Um, I mean, it was the Olympics, you know, and it was my brother, you know, and I think we were probably more nervous than he was. Uh, it was pretty relieving when he was finally done. Um, we were so happy for him, but it was definitely nerve-wracking for the few days and actually a few months before that. Of course, there's a, a big meet, and nerves probably play a factor in this, Iowa versus Iowa State, and it's this 
December 6th, Saturday, 7 o'clock at Carver Hawkeye Arena. You've been involved in two of these. Sorry, I can't hear you. You can't hear me at all? I'll tell you what, we're going to probably have to uh, cut away from here. I apologize to Kyler Sanderson. We uh, we gave it a shot, Andrew, but uh, not able to get Kyler on the live line. But uh, thought he had some good things to say there, Andrew, talking about uh, his brother going to the Olympic Games, and that had to be special and certainly motivational to see his brother win the Olympic gold medal. Oh, yeah, definitely. And, and Kyler's a guy who... He's grown up with this rivalry, you know, three three older brothers who competed for the Cyclone. So, you know, he understands the magnitude of this rivalry because, you know, he's been around it for, you know, the, the past, you know, five, ten years. Let's, we've broken down Iowa, Iowa State plenty. I want to talk a little bit about the rankings because I think a lot of times, and Jason and I talked about this on the last show, we talked about rankings, and sometimes you, you have to do it at RevWrestling.com, and a lot of times you get criticized for the rankings that you make. Talk about what you see as far as when you rank someone. What goes into a ranking for you? A lot of things go into a ranking. You know, some some ranking services take into account the All Star Classic, and some don't. You know, we take into account the All Star Classic in the rankings. I know they don't count it for NCAA purposes. Um, you know, it's rankings are tough. You know, there are always situations where one guy beats another guy, but a lower rank guy, you know, beat a guy that's ahead of him, things like that. So, you know, it's not an easy job to do. And, uh, you know, I, there are a lot of different rankings out there, and, uh, you know, it's not easy. It isn't easy, but when we break it down here, and I'm looking at Oklahoma State and Lehigh, and we talked about this on Tuesday. I'd like to get your take on this. Here you have an undefeated team in Lehigh. Although we talked about it, they probably aren't a power team as far as what they're going to do at the state tournament. I understand that. But if you're saying this is based on dual meets, and dual meets alone, how you're making the rankings. And you have Oklahoma State right now, number nine. They're four and one. Lehigh is eight now. They've defeated Oklahoma State and probably better teams. How do you justify having Lehigh behind Oklahoma State? I agree completely. I think it's based on tradition. You know, Lehigh's coming off a bad season. Oklahoma State was fifth last season at the national tournament. But yeah, if, if two teams are next to each other and one beat the other, it should be higher. I, I agree completely. How about the All Star meet? This is a, a meet that they're saying this is exhibition shouldn't count for the rankings, but a lot of times we know that it still does play a factor a little bit. It obviously isn't an official match. First of all, do you, when you make Rev Wrestling's rankings, do you put equate that in there? And number two, do you think it should count? Uh, yes, on both accounts. I think the rankings should, I mean, I think it should count towards rankings. Um, you know, the, if, if two wrestlers are meeting, you know, I mean, at, at the seating, at the NCAA tournament, all things equal. If, if two guys met in the all-star match, it's still in the back of people's minds that, you know, this wrestler beat that wrestler. So I think it's important, and we take, in, take it into account. 133, I want to talk about Jason Ness because a lot of polls still have him at number one. I know Intermat still has him at number one. He was defeated by Jimmy Kennedy of Illinois at the all-star meet. He, he is moving up after two years at 125. How successful do you think he's going to be based on his style? Because he has that long, lanky style. He goes for the pins, a lot of half Nelsons there. Is he going to be able to get in there, and do you see him winning NCAA title by the end of the year? I don't think he's going to have any problem moving up to 33. I got a chance to see him compete last weekend. I mean, he's a, he's a, he's a machine. He gets after it. And uh, will he win a national title? That's a tough question. He's going to be right there. You know, it's a tough weight class, but, you know, he's going to be in contention for it. I don't see any trouble moving up to 33. Well, Jimmy Kennedy, I haven't had a chance to watch the match, but it sounds like you horsed him around a little bit. I think Jimmy Kennedy is establishing early on that he is 
re really ready to contend for this weight class at 133 because obviously with Joey Slayton having some weight issues right now, he's proven that he can beat Jason Ness. I really think he's put himself as probably the number one guy in the nation if you count the All-Star meet. I would, to be honest, I'd put Franklin Gomez number would one. Would you? I like Gomez a lot, yeah. Why is that? That's interesting. He was the number one seed at the national tournament last year. He had a great season last year, had a great freestyle season, uh, beat Ness in freestyle, I know. Uh, Dennis beat him in freestyle, but I like Franklin Gomez a lot. You know, I think he would be actually be a lot better if he had a better situation, if he had better workout partners at Michigan State. Well, and I think that plays into it. That's probably why I'm not uh, as big on saying Franklin Gomez is the number one guy in the nation because obviously Michigan State has fallen on some hard times as far as their program. They have not uh, lived up to kind of the past tradition. They were NCAA champions as far as the team in 1967. And they've kind of fallen off the map a little bit. They beat Iowa in a couple dual meets a few years ago. But the way they looked last year and in a couple years prior to that with only having the Simmons brothers going, they really need to get back on track. This is a program that wrestling really needs to be good. Yeah, I mean, last year they only had one NCAA qualifier. Franklin Gomez yeah. was their lone NCAA qualifier. So, you know, they, they need to get more balance in their lineup. Um, you know, and, it, you know, it's tough competing, you know, for recruiting with Central Michigan and Michigan as well. So, but yeah, I mean, Michigan State needs to get back on track. And you've always been a Cornell guy, and talking to you in past interviews and having you on different programs, I know you've always liked Cornell, and they've proven it. They've shown that when they come to the NCAA tournament, they are able to peak and be there for the end of the year and get those trophies. Cornell, I know in their mind they have six returning All-Americans, but can they break into that elite group that wins an NCAA title? I don't know if they necessarily have the the firepower right now based on what they have. I know they have a lot of question marks, and Mike Gray is going to be a factor, how healthy Troy Nickerson is. Legitimately, if you had to really say they could win an NCAA title, do you legitimately think they could win it this year? Definitely, yeah. Why is that? They have the firepower, as you mentioned. You know, Six All-Americans are in their, in their lineup. Uh, potential national champions. They have Jordan Lean as a national champion returning. Troy Nickerson's a potential national champion. You know, guys like Mike Gray in the lineup. Um, you know, I mean, they're loaded. I mean, they've got a great team, and they've got a great coaching staff. I see them, you know, potentially contending for a national title, just depending on how some of these guys develop throughout the season. And probably I think they're as, as good of a, a contender at the NCAA tournament. I think they're equally as good as a dual meet team. And I think come national duels, if they're healthy and they have their full lineup, I know a lot of times they don't wrestle full lineups because they really do focus on the NCAA tournament. I know Rob Cole actually has a clock in his room. It's a countdown clock for the NCAA tournament. That's what they focus on. But if they have a full, healthy lineup at the national duels, it could be scary because I think they match up well with every single team. And when you look at the matchups against the University of Iowa particularly, they match up pretty well. Yeah, they're a good dual team and a tournament team. Last year at the National Duels, they had a pretty depleted lineup. I think they wrestled, did they wrestle Iowa last year and get smoked? Yeah, they did. They, they got smoked. And I think that, as you say, it was a depleted lineup. They didn't have Nickerson in the lineup. They, uh, they were missing some guys. But to me, I think it's going to be the development of a guy like Justin Kerbert coming in the lineup, who is obviously a quality wrestler, but this is his time. Uh, he needs to step in there and be that guy who is your surprise All-American because, as you know, it's tough to get in there. Last few years, a lot of these teams getting in the trophy hunt have two, three All-Americans. I know Missouri, a few years ago, when they placed third, I believe they only had three All-Americans. So a lot of times what it takes is just getting a lot of consistency and getting these guys high on the stand. And if you have six, seven All-Americans in wrestling, you're right there with the, the trophy hunt. 
Oh, definitely. Plus they have the, you know, the horses, you know, with Lunas and with Nickerson, uh, Jordan Lean. You know, they have a, you know, six or seven All-Americans plus some national content, national title contender. But a guy like Kerber, I mean, it's huge. I mean, you know, he's an important part of Cornell's team. How about Mac Lunas? Here's a guy that I really thought was going to come on, talking to Rob Cole. Almost sounds unbeatable. Says he can't go with him in practice. He comes out and loses to Maribel, although it doesn't count. Loses to Nick Maribel 3-2. to two. And then Maribel loses twice this year. Yeah, it's really think, interesting. Yeah, 65, I think, is one of the most wide-open weight classes in the country, along with 141. I mean, you look at the rankings, you know, Moza Fay is number two. Uh, you know, John Reeder's number three. I think that class is wide open this season. And, you know, Maribel's early season losses have really surprised me, you know, because they're two, you know, lesser opponents. Well, in Missouri, I think this is kind of a strange team, too, because I think they have the personnel to be a quality team this year, but can they stay consistent enough? Especially you have a weight class like 197 where you have Max Askren, who you're counting on. Two years ago, he's the number one seed going in the NCAA tournament, and now he's kind of mid-pack, and we aren't expecting him to do the great things like he did as a freshman. Do you think having uh, Ben out of the lineup that first year hurts him at all? I know he's in the wrestling room, but I think in some ways having Ben in the lineup really helped him. Uh, you know, maybe a little bit. Yeah, you know, I, I think Max Askren's going to compete for a national title this season. He's just coming off a big win over Hudson Taylor. Um, you know, I, obviously, you know, he and Ben are close, but I don't think it affects him a whole lot with Ben not being in the lineup. 197 also has Jake Varner, who has moved up from 184, and we talked about him earlier in the program when we were talking about his match against the University of Iowa, against Luke Lofthouse, has really been a pinning machine. And I, I have to admit, I have been critical of Jake Varner the last two years. I know that he has the offense to go out and pin guys. I know that he has that ability. I don't know if it was a weight issue, but this year I think we're finally seeing the Jake Varner that we've always wanted to see, the guy that goes out there, is hungry, is an aggressive, and he's had a lot of pins and major decisions so far. Yeah, I've, I'm the same way. I was disappointed in, in Varner last season just because I know what he's capable of doing. You know, this season we're seeing him put up a lot of points. You know, dominated Hudson Taylor, shut out uh, Herps from Wisconsin, so he's looking great this season. Let's go back to the Las Vegas invite. Talked about who we think is going to win this, and obviously you think, uh, I think you picked Cornell to win it. I like Cornell. You like Cornell. You also like them as far as a, a possible team. Who else can be factored? We talked about Ohio State. They had a great tournament last year at the NCAA tournament. Really peaked. I mean, getting second was Kind of a surprise. I don't think a lot of people expected them to get a second place. Health is going to be a factor for these guys. As you mentioned, Mike Basillo is not going to be in the lineup. I think Jay Jaggers is a question mark on what he can do in his health. He didn't look good in the All-Star meet. got beat by Nick Gallick. Ohio State, they're kind of a question mark team, too. I, I'm not sure where, where they're going to be in the, in the trophy hunt as well. Uh, where do you see Ohio State? Yeah, this will be interesting because... We'll get a chance to see a guy like Cody Gardner, who's undefeated at this point, but he hasn't really been tested. He hasn't had a lot of great matches, tough matches yet this season. So we'll see where he's at right now. A guy like Nico Trigas. Are these guys potential All-Americans? Um, you know, and the Cliff King Las Vegas is a great test for these guys. What do you think about all these guys moving out from 149? This has really been kind of a interesting situation where 49, talking about it historically last year, they said it was the – Best weight class maybe ever. It was loaded. They had a ton of guys in there. But now 157 looks like the premier weight class. You have Dustin Schlater moving up, although he's probably going to redshirt. You have Jordan Burroughs moving up. You have 
a guy like Mike Poeta in the lineup. You have Gregor Gillespie in the lineup. J.P. O'Connor's at 157. Kyler Sanderson's there. So it's this has really turned into the strongest weight class in the nation, in my opinion. Where do you side on this? Yeah, I think 157 is the new 149 from last year. At the Cliff King Las Vegas Invitational, we're going to have Mike Poeta, Jordan Lean, J.P. O'Connor, and Jordan Burroughs all there. So, I mean, that's a potential NCAA semifinals right there. I mean, that's going to be unbelievable. And if I remember last year, there was a great match between Poeta and Gillespie where they kind of fought tooth and nail. And I think those are the matchups you want to see. I think that's why the Las Vegas Invitational is so special. So... Uh, definitely a great weight class there. Let's talk about 149. What does the weight class look like there at the at the Cliff Keen Invitational? Probably not as strong as it could be. Yeah, Darian Caldwell will be the favorite in that weight class. That was kind of his coming out party. I know he pinned Brent Metcalf, but at that point people were still wondering, was that a fluke, you know, pinning Brent Metcalf? But then he goes out to the Cliff Keen Las Vegas Invitational, beats Chirella, beats J.P. O'Connor, and people realize that he's legit. Lance Palmer will be at that weight class as well. Rochelle from Wisconsin's tough. So, I mean, that's a tough weight class, too. It's not as tough as 157, but there's some serious talent there. So, obviously, 157, in my opinion, is the toughest weight class in the nation. And if I had to look at it, it's either 133 or 197 is the next toughest weight class. But if we look at 285, here's a weight class. Every wrestler in there, when you look from top to bottom, they're legitimate All-Americans. Because this weight class, I hate to say it, it's that weak. And I know a lot of coaches are on that same page where... They're looking at their guy and saying, well, we're not ranked real high right now, but it's a pretty weak weight class. We think we can get in there. Yeah, heavyweight's wide open. You know, Even even the, even the number one ranked guy, Rochelle, he's by no means a lock or a you know, strong favorite at heavyweight. You know, I, I could see anything happening at heavyweight. Yeah, it's definitely. totally wide open. Anything could happen. We had Brent Metcalf on the program tonight. We had Kyler Sanderson for a little bit. Unfortunately, we could not delve into that. Want to end the program just touching on Oklahoma State, Oklahoma this weekend, and then Iowa, Iowa State. Obviously, you were picking Iowa State to win the dual meet by a little wider margin than I thought uh, you would have predicted. You're, you're actually kind of going on a limb there and saying they're going to win pretty healthy margin. Um, you know, in dual meets like this, you know, one or two matches can totally change the score. So, you know, even if a team wins by 10 points, it could be actually a lot closer than the score indicates. And I, and I expect it to be a real competitive duel. Um, you know, I think Iowa State's going to win, but, you know, I I could see, you know, Iowa certainly, you know, could could pull the upset, but I just think Iowa State's going to win this. Last year, Iowa won 33 and 41. This year, Iowa State's going to win both those, I see. You it. think they're going to win both those? Just based on uh, Slayton's inability to make weight? You know, I haven't seen, you know, I, I've been able to see uh, Dennis and Slayton, and they haven't shown me enough. You know, to uh, you know, to give them the upper hand at 33. Um, I, like I said, I'd, I'd like to. I think Dennis is wrestling a little better than Slayton right now. I think Iowa should go with Dennis, um, but it's a tough call, you know, because Slayton's you know been in the national finals. He's been in matches like that. He's beaten Fanthorpe, t- you know, twice in a row. So it's a tough call. But uh, well, when it comes down to it, for me, I, I, I've mentioned this. I think it comes down to number 10. I think the University of Iowa they want to win this dual meet. I think they have to be up by 10 going into 197 because if the pressure's on, I definitely think Jake Varner can get a fall, and I think that uh, chances are good that Dave Zabriskie can get that win. So that's nine points right there, so I think the University of Iowa has to be up by 10 going into that. Of course, I think we're both picking Oklahoma State, although I wouldn't put it past the Sooners to win this dual meet. I really think it's a, a very winnable dual meet, especially when you look up and down the lineup. But the big question is, how is Oklahoma State going to perform at the NCAA tournament down the road? I think uh, early season indications are they aren't going to perform that well. 
and they could get beat in some of these dual meets. It's it's pretty scary because they could end up uh, fourth or maybe even fifth at the Big 12 tournament. That, yeah, and that would be a surprise. Oh, definitely, and it just depends on how some of their guys develop. But you know, right now they, you know, it wouldn't surprise me if they finished out of the top 10 right at the NCAA tournament. They just don't have the horses this season. Well, Andrew, I want to thank you for coming in studio with us. It's great. You've kind of been our fill-in host. You've been on with Jason before, and now you've been on with me. So we uh, certainly want to have you in studio again. We appreciate you doing that. Check out RevWrestling.com. Also check out Wrestling411.tv. This is uh, part of Media Sports Productions, and uh, we appreciate you listening. And unfortunately, we had a little bit of a technical difficulty there with Kyler Sanderson. We wanted to get both Iowa State and Iowa on, but uh, thank you to both those guys for being on the program and for making an effort to get on there. Brent Metcalf at 149 and Kyler Sanderson at 157. They have a big dual meet this weekend, of course, in Carver Hawkeye Arena. For Andrew Hips, I'm Kyle Klingman. You've been listening to Wrestling 411 Radio.